0: Hello and welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Thanks for joining us today. This is episode number 82. It's going to be a Real Life Stories edition with Brian and Laura Anderson. They are missionaries to the Philippines, or they're heading over there for the first time. So we're going to welcome them in just a second. But before we do, we want to say thank you to all of you that listen. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with God cry so like share subscribe do all that kind of stun fun stuff for us would you please and thank you thanks for listening we really appreciate it well here we go brian and laura anderson missionaries to the philippines welcome to the grace one podcast
1: thanks for having us hello
0: really appreciate you guys being here you're traveling all the way from castle rock colorado right that we is are. correct well cool before we dive into your story just give us a quick little bio about who you guys are and what's going down
1: well, uh, we are missionary associates going to the Philippines. This will be our first and only missionary trip so far. Um, we are a family of seven. We have five kids. Our oldest is 16, uh, and our youngest is five.
0: Awesome. You guys said you're Mormon? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Family seven. That's <laughs> right. still small for a like Mormon family. Like when we're in Utah, I'd be like, you only have four kids. What's wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, seven kids, but that's a good sized family. The lug over there to the Philippines.
1: Yep. Yep. We're crazy. Yes. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> well, what's interesting about having you guys on the podcast is we are friends, technically, and you're probably better friends with my wife, Pastor Rachel, but uh, that's how I got to know Lori. you Jeremiah, guys specifically. are our friend. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> There's some of these relationships I have in life with my wife. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know if... They think I'm their friend, but it's like I'm included in the relationship. So I technically have to be your friend, even if you didn't like me. So we like you. Yeah. Laura, you are go way back with my wife, Pastor Rachel. And that's a whole other story in, in and of itself. Uh, but anyway, it's kind of funny how, how we get older. We have kids, all these kind of things. We're talking about this a little bit. But the last time I think I saw you guys, you know, because you, you see people on Facebook, you know, we're friends and, and the years go flying by, right? And I think the last time we saw you guys, you were, you work in the medical field. Field. You had a decent job. You had a, like a big old house in Nebraska. It looked like life was going pretty well. And then one day, I open up my Facebook, and you guys are going to be missionaries. I'm like, what in the world just happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's how it felt for us. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it was, it was crazy. Um, I don't know. I guess I should start with uh, Laura. I mean, you know, she she went on a missions trip with our oldest daughter uh, through our local church, and I'll let her take over from there because that that's her story. So okay.
2: So Allie and I, uh, you know, Allie's 16, and as you know, having girls this age, I can see my time with her just slipping away, and so she really wanted to go on this missions trip, and so we, last summer, went to the Philippines with our local church, just a a short-term missions trip, but while we were there, we just kind of got wrecked for the people of the Philippines, Mm -hmm. and um, the flight home is 17 hours, you know, you've taken some of these crazy flights, and I kind of just wrestled with the Holy Spirit the whole way home. Him saying you need to go back, and me saying I have five kids. Right, him right. Saying, <laughs> you need to go back, and me saying I don't have no idea how to even do that. So, um, over a period of time, you know, by the time I got off the plane, I looked at Brian and it's one a.m. local time. I've been traveling for thirty-six hours straight, and I say I want to go back, and you say.
1: You're crazy. I think you guys need to go to bed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sleep on this. So,
2: um, And then God God worked on Brian's heart, and we just kept pushing on doors and saying, okay, God, Mm -hmm. if this is, you know, kind of my first test was Brian. I mean, he could have said no right away, and then we would have just, that would have been the end of it. Um, But he he listened to God, and God really softened his heart quickly, amazingly. Mm -hmm.
0: Was it something they were asking you guys on that trip? Were they no did you, somebody give you a word or pray over you like I, oh you're going to be a missionary to the Philippines or anything like that it was really more just you kind of wrestling with God and hearing yeah, God speaking God, to you regarding to God had
2: spoken to me and I think to Allie too at certain points during the trip by the third day her and I were having conversations about going back already okay. so it happened pretty quickly that we were like f- having this feeling like we're developing more than just like a 10 day relationship here this is mm-hmm. this is a longer term <laughs> relationship And so that was exciting, but we didn't really know what that would look like. Or it was kind of just wishes and dreams, you know, at the beginning, like, Hey, like i kind of, maybe
0: we're thinking about this is just emotion or just kind of like,
2: right. We're kind of in the high of a, because this happens sometimes, like
0: I've taken multiple teams over the field and somebody, they've never had this experience before and it, it rocks them. It changes them. So sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, they're so worked up and they're like, Oh, I have to now be a missionary to this country or to this place. And sometimes it can be like, well, no, that's not really your calling. It's just that you were, you were so out of your comfort zone and so rocked and changed by God. maybe it's not that God's calling you to be a full-time missionary. Just, it just really changed you.
2: Right. Like youth camp, you know, you go to youth camp. So, but no, um, I, and that's, I wrestled with that initially because, and that was kind of, I feel like God granted me that 17 hour trip because it took 17 hours of continuous conversation. (laughs) Like, me arguing, you know, like, I, I need to go home. I just need to, I need to go home. But no, you need to go back. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do I do with this? So to kind of tie it all together, I had felt called to medical missions a long, a long way back. Uh, right out of high school, I felt called into full-time ministry. I went to North Central Bible College for my first year right Praise out, God. out of high school. And I actually went
0: to North Central University.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you did. That's, That's where my degree is from. <laughs> for so. those of you who, back in the day, way back when it was North Central Bible College. So um, I had already had that call put on my life. and um, Because... We, Right out, of, I came back to Omaha, went to get, get my nursing degree. And a month after I got my nursing degree, my mom passed away unexpectedly. And so that just sent things kind of into a tailspin. And I'm like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to get into missions right now. I don't know how to get into ministry. I had too many things going on in my personal life to pursue that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started working as a nurse. Six months later, and got engaged to Brian. Six months later, got married. 18 months later, started yeah. having babies. <laughs> so life just yeah. was kind of marching on. And I was considering my my work at the hospital as my ministry. You know, we're supposed because you're do.
0: a nurse, or what your technical? Yeah, I'm
2: RN. RN. Yeah, okay. I'm, a, I'm a nurse. Um, currently, I'm working in the NICU, which is wonderful, and I love it. Okay.
1: So. Yep. I mean, and for me, uh, of course, I don't think I ever really had a calling, you know. And so it was more of a for me. This has been more of a God. If if this is what you want for our family, I'm I'm willing. I'm willing to do what it needs to be done. I'm willing to to be open to it and to push on those doors. And when I said, you know, God, if you know, the only way this can happen is through you. I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, so so if you're gonna open the doors and, and you're gonna you're gonna let me walk through and you're gonna keep that going, I'm gonna be willing. I'm gonna be that servant. I'm gonna be that person to you know. I'm gonna yeah. do what you want us to do
0: because you grew up with that. Call going to Bible college, etc. Did you have a call like that or no? That was,
1: I mean, as some, you know, when I was young, you know, I had a kind of a calling into a lot of, I did a lot of video and stuff for churches and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, you know, for me, a lot of, a lot of things happened too, and all, you know, kind of went into a tailspin, and I never got back into that stuff. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of my calling at some point. But, okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Did you, when you were, now you're married, you have kids, you, you know, your mom passes away, you're kind of now starting to get in the grind of regular American life. Did you ever hit a point where you're like, man, I'm just so disobedient to what God has put in my heart? Did you, did you ever wrestle with that? Or were you like, it's going to happen someday? Or
2: I didn't, I didn't feel disobedient um, because I felt like I was answering the call to my immediate family and the call to... The hospital work that i was doing um i wished and hoped that the doors would open like this mm-hmm. i didn't see this coming at this time um i'm so grateful and excited that god finally just lined it all up you know and opened yeah. all the doors so um
0: i know this is a really corny example but i i've used this one multiple times that i always tell god if there's one thing of yours i could have it would be your watch. That is the one thing I'd like is your watch. Because you're Amen. clearly on a different time frame than I am. You're always working in a different way. You know, there because there's these things that he speaks to us and puts in our heart and then they just come out in a different time. And it's not like that that they're what he said to us was wrong. Mm-hmm. We just have to wait for the right timing, you know? And that's exactly. what happened in your life. And and that's why I always want to encourage people that you know, some people they get a word from the Lord or a calling, and now they're, you know, thirty or forty, and you know, oh, maybe times pass me by. I'm too old. I have kids. I'm in a job. It's never too late to do what God has put in your heart, and He might just be waiting for the specific time that's the appropriate time to release you into that calling.
2: Amen. And you know, I have a lot of things in place that I didn't have in place that many years ago. Mm-hmm. I have experience of of parenting kids that I didn't have then, and I have medical training that I didn't have then. So, um, it's amazing. Like I look and I'm like, wow, God, you really did know what you're doing. But when I, when we left to go on the missions trip, I just thought, well, this will be my experience as a short term little, you know, trip over. And I was secretly hoping that Allie would get bit Mm -hmm. by the the missions. (laughs) But, you know, I'm like, maybe, maybe this will just pass on through me and to her. Lord, you can have my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but he didn't he he reaffirmed that call hardcore for me like the, mm-hmm. the during the whole time multiple things happened that i was like are you you want like you want me to go back to missions and then kind of solidified everything in that 17 hour plane flight when i and, and he really laid out a plan you know cuz i'm like i don't know how to do that and he Showed me steps, and so we've been doing those steps. And every time we take the next step, we met with our local pastor, and that was kind of well. We talked to the missionaries on the ground, and they were a green light from the beginning. We we're like, okay, wow. Then we <laughs> then we met with our local pastor and. We were sitting in the van before we went in. We're like, well, this might be where the door closes. Like, this this might be— <laughs> They're going to tell this us this we're crazy. This is probably the step where they're just going to go, you know, we'll see you next Sunday in, in the worship service. You know, just go on with your life. But um, that's not what we got. We got amazing affirmation and encouragement and help on every front, you know, financially, spiritually. Just um, mm. we left that meeting going— Oh my gosh, this might be real. What but, have we done? <laughs> so, yeah, it's been.
0: You have to that, that a point I like to re- recommend to people, not just missions, but missions. But you have to be careful who you place your calling before, because mm-hmm. it's a very sacred thing—the calling of God. Over my life is a very sacred thing. That that's mine. Uh, that's mine to own. And so I have to be careful who I'm presenting that to, because especially when it comes to missions, because there are a lot of dumb Christians. I mean, significantly dumb Christians when it comes I hate to missions. To amen. That Jeremiah, you know, uh, but I will. Yeah, I mean, they you you because there's a lot of people like you said. If you would have presented that calling to certain people, they would have been like, "You have kids. It's too dangerous. It's." you know and and I get that all the time I mean I just do at this point my my life short term stuff and I had a used example of when my boys were one year I, when my boys were twin boys were one year old we took them up in the mountains of chihuahua mexico and we had a lady in our church at that time that was so offended by that we would take our children at that age and she eventually left the church and I was like I don't really care they're they're not your kids they're my kids it's not your calling; it's my calling, and my calling is not is is to present and live out missions before my children, that they might see that example and Amen. want to follow it. Awesome. So, you know, you got to be careful with people because you know there's a lot of even with Jamaica things like that. You know, it's Christian people like I don't know; it's not very safe. And you know, I've been to lot and. I've been to Unsafe Place. I've been to Juarez, Mexico a ton of times. Our U.S. military can't technically go there if you're active. I've been there 20, 30 times, hanging out, no issues, no problem. I've been to Chiapas, Mexico, which Voice of the Martyrs put as one of the top persecuted places in the world. And I'm alive, and I'm well. And at the end of the day, if I'm going to die, I'd like to die for Jesus doing something cool. That would be a much better story than
2: something else. you you got in a car accident. Yeah. So
0: you get back, you start having affirmations, conversations, specifically with your pastor, and you start taking these little steps.
2: We did. Yeah, we we had the conversation with our pastor. We had the conversation with the missionaries on the ground. And um, the next step for us was to go through Assemblies of God World Missions. We looked at some other sending organizations, organizations, We have a relationship with the Assemblies of God. We're not technically Assemblies of God, but we do have a relationship with them. And um, because the missionaries on the ground that we want to work with are AGWM, we decided that would be the easiest route to get Mm -hmm. to exactly where we wanted to go. And so we did that. We submitted an application. Then we got a phone call that said, just so you know, we have a new rule that you can only take four kids <laughs> we have five kids so we had to leave one
1: home yeah, yeah right. right it was like
2: draw sticks and this is who gets the short one has to stay home yeah but um our application went before the executive committee and they said they only approve 50 percent of those and got open that door so once again we said okay
0: yep this is- yeah so you <laughs> kept knocking on the door and these doors kept opening up and and we're down
2: themselves.
0: to the last door of <laughs> finances. Yeah, the the really fun part <laughs> the, the, yeah, of right, it all. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the the of course,
1: the part that I'm most worried about, of course, at all times. Yep. Is yep. Anything you know, dealing with finances.
0: But you know, when we step into the callings of God, there should be getting kind of back to it is that we should be overwhelmed by it. We should feel like I don't even know how I'm going to do this. And it sounds like you guys had that
2: multiple times yes
0: probably, you'll probably have it today sometime yes, you'll probably right. have
1: it tomorrow
2: yep yep
1: up and up until we get on that plane
2: right that's i'm like when those tickets yeah. are bought then i'll be like thank you lord for your provision over us yep. yeah you know it's funny it's not the going like i don't know that anyone in our family is really cuz our god has really worked on each of our kids too it's been mm-hmm. amazing uh, to see him soften their heart for this, um, because we have two teenagers, right? We could have some mm-hmm. people going, I'm not doing that. I don't want to go, but we don't. And uh, it was real cute last summer when when this is still kind of talk. My husband took the kids camping and the girls, and I came home, but our eight-year-old little girl, she stayed, which was her first time staying overnight in a tent, which was a big deal. And she came home the next night. I was putting her to bed, and she said, Mom, I was so brave to sleep outside last night and to sleep in that <laughs> tent. And she's kind of drifting off with her little half-sleepy eyes, you know. And then she looks at me and she says, And, Mom, I'm brave to go to the Philippines, too. And I'm just like, Oh, my gosh, God, you're, like, working on her little heart, you know, just yeah. getting her ready. So, and we had those experiences with with all the kids um, yeah. coming to points where we could see, Okay, God, you're... And I think that was another affirmation. Like, Okay, he's... I can't force them to want to do this. mm mm-hmm. um, and to see him working slowly and kind of in simple ways on each of them was exciting.
0: Yeah. What, talk a little bit more about kids, some of those good stories or getting our kids to have a mission's heart, a mission spirit, a passion for the Lord. I guess I'm a little more, again, it's just more short terms, but of all the trips that we've made with our family, it's like, this is what you're going to do. I, you know, This is not an option. I'm not asking if you want to go on a missions trip. I'm taking you on a missions trip and I want to live missions before you. And uh, a story that we tell over and over again was when I got ordained with the Sons of God. Uh, I don't even remember who the speaker was, but that night he shared how he every year took a missions trip with his family every year. No Disneyland. You know, I mean, that came second. The missions trip was priority for their family. All their kids are like just crushing it for Jesus in different areas of their life and things like that. And so we just committed from that time on that we would do a mission trip every year as a family. And we've done one every year since then. And, uh, you know, now our girls want to be missionaries and there's just something about modeling missions for our kids. Amen.
2: Yeah, we, you know, we've done the Disney stuff and that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause that was one of the conversations Allie and I had while we were over there. We're like, this is so much better than anything you could <laughs> even imagine. You know, Disney's like hot and lines and whiny kids. And, that was so much more fulfilling on every level we would much rather do do that but i have to give credit to ali here because really she was the one you know our church said oh we're going to do our our local missions thing come to this meeting at the end of the service and she was the one who wanted to go and find out the information and then in the meeting i want to go to the philippines so she's had this drive she's the one who kind of ignited this whole process and it's never quit for her you know Coming back, she was just as excited Mm. about going back about the possibility of going back and serving for a longer period of time than I was. You know, I'm kind of wrestling with God, and she's, like, marching full full steam ahead. She's going into her school, talking to her school counselor. What do I need to do to be able to leave for a year? What do I—making make making real plans yeah, in her wow. life. And every time we <laughs> talk awesome. about something about, you know, well, this time period, she's like, no, well, we're going to be in the Philippines during that time. So that's—you know, she just—there mm-hmm. was never a question. This is what we're—this is what the family's doing. <laughs> Allie decided.
0: So— yeah. Wow, that's power! Yeah, you got a lot of moving parts, a lot of dynamics there. Being a father, being a husband, being a wife, being a mother, having multiple kids, trying to smash all this together to step out in faith and do God's will.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean just just thinking of all the aspects of of you know because for us we're we're doing one year, so right now we're trying to we're going to keep our home. Uh, so we need to, you know, rent it out. I mean, just just all of those aspects. I mean, that's that's what's you know, for me, that's always been kind of what I, I you know, I know God, you, it's in your hands. But you know, of course, it's just me going back to that, that that financial aspect of all this. You know, so you know, but I know God's got it. it it's <laughs> going to happen. It's just you know, I need to let it go and fully let it go. But yeah.
0: So typically, you know, I mean, today we stand here as people, I mean, I significantly and seriously believe in the supernatural works of God. I believe in the manifestations of the spirit. I believe God does amazing, powerful things today, but mostly here's what I would say. The most significant things of God are never instantaneous, and in that they never happen in one moment. I mean, yes, blind eyes can be opened, the dead can be raised, but that's cool—that's a momentary miracle. But the significant things of God are multi-generational; they take a process to walk through. I mean, again, we read these stories in the Bible, whether it be Abraham or these people that took radical steps of faith, and it—it it was a process. It wasn't like, "Yay, yeah, I stepped out in faith, and then God did." Everything he said he's going to do in one day, and one week, and one month, it was years and years. And then we even get to scriptures like Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, you know, all these guys stepped out in faith, and women, stepped out in faith and did what God called them to do. And some of them never even saw the, fruit. the, fruit. Ful- the, the, yeah. the totality of what God spoke to them. You know, yeah. that's faith. Yes. And I wish we had more of that. You know, I'm uh, kind of... <laughs> And I shouldn't be, uh, I'm kind of comfortable, I guess, in one sense of my life, but, you know, I want us to be people that take supernatural steps of faith, that do crazy things. You know, we can't, God will never do a miracle if we don't give him a chance to do one. Yeah. You know, and my girls for a period of time, they, in their homeschooling, was reading stories of old missionaries. You know, these missionaries had like five bucks in their pocket and went right. overseas and you know, God supernaturally, I mean, where are these stories? I mean, we sometimes in our American Christianity, we're trying to get everything so lined up, everything put in place, that it feels like God's kind of sitting on the sidelines like, well, hey, whenever you need me, just, uh, I'll be over here. Jesus, yeah, that's me, you know, it's like, let's let him into the picture. Let's start doing more crazy, radical things for him.
2: Amen, yeah. And that's really where the adventure lies, too, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, life gets boring when you that's how that that's the flip side of the coin that we're on it's like you know this yeah. is terrifying and <laughs> also amazing to see the hand of god work you're like because you know it can't you know we know we can't we
1: can't, can't we do can't, these we, things yeah. we can't on
2: manufacture yeah. this. Yeah. so so we keep looking at each other going this this is amazing yes yeah.
0: have you guys what's been your biggest obstacle so far or have you hit the wall at any point up to this you know what i'm saying
1: I don't know that, uh, you know. That's that's a scary thing, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't feel like we've hit a big obstacle. I mean, I mean, you know, um, we're. You know, it's probably coming. You know, I mean, and finances
2: so, is is interesting. Huge, yeah. You know, people warned us, and we know, and we know we have a lot of work to do, and we're willing to do the work. Um, but, like, we sent a bunch of letters out, kind of cold letters out to churches that we don't, that are in our district, but we don't have necessarily have a relationship with them. And like, we heard nothing back. That was kind mm-hmm. of like, okay. Okay, So yeah. the next yeah. step is, you know, so, um, and we're reaching out to churches that we do have relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, just, it's interesting, the process. And honestly, yeah. the truth of the matter is, at the bottom, at the end of the day, I feel like God has called certain people to be involved in what we're doing, and, and he's already working on their heart, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so...
0: right. You know, the reality is, I kind of joke, but it's very serious. Some missionaries, you know, I I know the spiel by now. A missionary comes into the church, oh, we want you to pray for us, and then think about, we really want prayer. I'm like, no, bro, you just want money, man. Just say that (laughs) first. You need money. I know, man. I've been there before. Just say you need money, Uh, and then you need prayer second, because the reality is you need money first, you need prayer second. But the other day, I had a story where I was uh, in a pastor's (laughs) meeting, and there was a guy who's starting a church in, in this region, this area, and uh was saying, hey, you know, we're relaunching this church and man, we need prayer. It's the number one thing. We need prayer. It's it's you know, and so anyway I took the guy's card and they handed out the pamphlet of, of the projects they needed help and money for. And but I, I take that stuff seriously. So I, I went Wednesday night in my church. I got up as the pastor and I said, hey guys, this pastor, this church, they're relaunching in this area And they said they need prayer. They said that is the number one thing that they need. And so we're going to pray in this service right now. We're going to really pray. We're going to pray that God's going to do move there. He's going to move by his power and spirit. So we did that. We prayed for like 10 minutes. I gave him my best. And then I texted him the next day and I was like, hey, man, I was in the meeting the other day. You said you needed prayer. That was the number one thing that you needed. I honor that, man. I took your card. I prayed over it. We prayed for it in my church. And then his first text back was like, yeah, can, can you give me some money too? I'm like, but you said you wanted prayer. No, right, I, I'm right, I, okay. Right. I'm being very cynical right now, but I'm just saying that there is both that is needed. And and so, when you hear these missionaries say that, there is an authenticity that's coming out of them that you do need prayer. Yeah, it is true, uh, but you do need money too. It is yeah. true. I mean, it takes resources to do the work of God's kingdom. Uh, and so I'm challenging people. I, I had her a stat, I sat down with a missionary just last week from South Africa. And I didn't look this up. I want to look at this up, but I, I believe him. He said, if every American Christian would give 5% of their income to missions on top of their 10%, their tithe, then we could send like a million more missionaries into the world if everyone would just take that additional 5% bump in giving. Uh, and I was like, that's radical, but it'd um, be interesting to see yeah. how that would play out if, if people would just make that commitment. And I've, I've said that to people that i don't believe that the blessing and the challenge is in giving other of, of our tithe like for me that's god's i give that like I, I i should have no expectation of blessing because i tithe like he deserves that that's not like okay lord a tithe now you got to give me something back like that that thought should not be in a believer's mind to me the challenge become like okay now how much more can i give to the lord how can i sacrifice what can i do to go above and beyond in giving
2: well, I think some people just don't understand um, why we need money. And, and, and like, why can't we just fund this ourselves and go? And even in my own family, you know, my, my my brothers are like, "Well, what do you need the what do you need the money for?" They're they're willing to help and give and whatever. <laughs> but you know, we'll we'll be salary less for a year, right? That's really what how this looks. So mm-hmm. if we want to support our family while we're there, live and then do the work that God wants us to do we have to have additional funds because we're dropping our salaries for a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we're, we don't, I guess we just don't have the cash funds to just live a year salary less. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah. some people do, but so that's where we have to say, okay, God, if this is the work you want us to do, then you yeah. have to provide, um, people who also want to want to join in with us. So
0: it was a, uh, we'll find out if any AGWM listen to this podcast, but the AGWM made a very good video. It was very boring. One of the most boring videos I've ever seen in my life regarding uh, the structure of where money goes. And it was very fascinating from the standpoint of seeing like, Hey, your people, like you have to, you know, pay taxes, you have to pay the government, you you know, social security and like all you see this money siphoning out all these different areas, just like we as normal people would, would have to, pay, you know, and you're human, you have to have food, right? I mean, you have kids, they have to like eat, you can only fast for, you know, technically (laughs) 40 days, you know, and then you're going to die, you know, you can only go three days without water, you know, and then you have to drink something. So you have to have water, you have to have food, you have, you know, those things and we take for granted. So, you know, I just want to continue to challenge myself and to challenge people that might be listening today, really think about, um, Missionaries, when they're in that church or hear them giving that pitch for money, think about it, pray about it, and I think the best way, and I and this is where I I wave the flag is the only way that you're ever going to be able to understand that if is if if is if you go on a mission trip yourself, that's the only way that you're going to be able to see that. And I tell you what, ever since I've been doing foreign mission trips, I have no questions about when I give money or give a check in the offering. I'm not like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do with that money. Like, uh, I've seen. You know, I've seen missionaries that it takes. You know, we have to travel one full day through the mountains, through jungles, to get to a church, to spend one day to share the word of God with them and teach them, and then take another full day to drive back. So, you or know, in it takes
2: our, our case a boat.
0: Yeah, and. You know, in America, we whine about $3 gas. And in these countries, these poverty stricken countries, it's $6 to $8 for a liter of gas, not for a gallon of gas, but for a liter of gas, you know? And so you see how much it takes to present the gospel and to minister to people in these areas. It's very hard.
2: Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to be doing when we're over there. Is that all right?
0: Yes, that would be great.
2: So we're going to be living and working at a ranch called Happy Horizons Children's Ranch. They rescue oh, girls. Yeah, I know them. Yeah, out of sex trafficking, okay, yep. and they, you know, that's kind of been a, a buzz topic lately, a, a buzzword. But um, they've really been doing this for a long, long time. They've been operating for twenty three years. They have so many stories of success. A lot of the workers there on the ranch even social workers that have left and gone in college come back and are now serving there so um, it's a long-term facility these girls can stay there until they're 18 and even have help um, after that time so Hmm. we're there's about 60 girls who live on the ranch and we're excited just to kind of show the love to Jesus to them in the everyday tasks of life and um, just reassure them that they have a father in heaven who loves them with a purpose for their life so that's that's our goal there. Um, another piece of what we'll be doing is I have specialized training through a program called helping babies breathe. And when Ali and I were there, we saw, um, a quote medical clinic, you know, it was more like a cinder block building with a chair inside. So I'm not sure it was a medical clinic, but, um, what they consider a medical clinic and how few supplies they had. And, um, I was able to to talk with some of the people there about their resources and, one of the things I'll be doing is taking resuscitative devices for babies because what happens is sometimes a full healthy term newborn might be born and they can't take their first couple breaths breasts properly. And without just some basic training and a few supplies, um, they'll just set these babies aside and call it a stillbirth. And wow. unfortunately, um, That happens on a a routine daily basis. So with the education I have, I'll be able to teach these providers, you know, how to use a bag and mask device and how to resuscitate a baby just newly delivered. Um, Hopefully we'll save some babies' lives. So that's that's part of what we're doing too.
0: Praise God. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Grace Point Daily Podcast, but what's your last missions pitch here to everyone listening? Go, go, you know, yes. and, li-
2: and then listen to what God's calling you to do, or be open if someone in your life uh, comes comes to you with some crazy plan.
1: And give money to missionaries. Yeah, we need money. <laughs> That's per, awesome. Per second, I guess. How can people
0: follow you or connect with you? We'll put some stuff in the description. But where sure. can people follow you, connect with you?
1: So uh, currently, we do have a Facebook page uh, or group, I guess, uh, called uh, uh, Andersons underscore Go. Uh, so that's somewhere you can uh, try to find us that way.
2: And we have Twitter. That's right. It's also under the same name and in Instagram.
1: So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, man, I appreciate your guys' heart and hearing this story. I know God's going to open up the door. He's going to bless you. He's going to bring provision in terms of finances, all those things that you need. And I hope that you were encouraged by this real life story. Brian and Laura Anderson, missionaries to the Philippines. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.